0: everybody welcome to flight deck an inside look at the new york jets my name is rich salini i cover the jets for espn they won a football game on sunday for the first time in six weeks the jets won a game 30 to 6 over houston they did it by scoring three offensive touchdowns little perspective there have been 162 instances this season of a team scoring at least three offensive touchdowns in a game and the jets did it for the first time. Welcome to the party. Speaking of offense, I'd like to say our guest this week will be former Jets quarterback Ken O'Brien. We'll have him in the second segment, looking up, looking really looking forward to catching up with Kenny O. For now, let's talk about the current quarterback, Zach Wilson. And yes, we have another simmering quarterback controversy here, not the conventional kind, a little different, with two questions, short-term and long-term. Short-term, if the Jets upset the Dolphins on Sunday in Miami, and if Aaron Rodgers gets medically cleared next week, do they bench a suddenly hot Wilson and hand it to Rodgers for the Christmas Eve game against Washington? Long-term, the question is, Zach Wilson, is he back next year? Let's start with the here and now. couple of variables. First of all, beating Miami is not going to be an easy task. Miami will be on their game, you would figure, after losing Monday night. Uh, The second variable is Rodgers getting cleared, you know, medically. I will say this. Now, looking at it in practice last week, Rodgers looked improved. His feet looked quicker than the first week of practice. And if you didn't know he had Achilles surgery, I, I don't think you could tell that he was a guy who had surgery three months ago. Now, we've seen just a limited window. It's just positional drills. We haven't seen him do the 7-on-7, and to the best of our knowledge, he has not done team drills yet. That will be the key. Now, as incredible as it would be to see Aaron Rodgers in a football game, you know, journalistically, it would be awesome because we're always rooting for the best story, and that would be an an amazing story. But all that aside, the Jets have to be smart about this. The risk outweighs the reward. Now, even if they're mathematically alive at 6-8 and next week, It's only a slight chance. It would be a microscopic percentage chance of making the playoffs. And Woody Johnson, sure, I guess he would be giddy seeing his $75 million investment actually on the field. But this requires sober analysis. Don't play him. Not behind that offensive line. Zach Wilson took some vicious hits on Sunday, and he avoided some with his mobility. Rodgers would not be able to avoid pass rushers like Wilson does and like that third and 12th play where he rolled left through against his body and found Wilson if that happens to Rodgers he gets sacked there's no way he moves like that so like the idea that Rodgers is going to step in and play like the 2021 Rodgers is is a long shot he's 40 years old he hasn't played in 3 months the mind and body will be moving slower than usual let's be honest he wasn't processing all that quickly on those four plays on September 11th, and that's probably part of the reason why he got hurt. There's no sense in compromising 2024 because that season with a healthy Rodgers has a lot of potential. Now, Rodgers is very persuasive, and he's charming, and he might make it tough for the Jets to say no, but the Jets just have to say no. Awesome comeback, Aaron. Love love the grit, love the determination, but we're going to let the kid finish it out okay the kid let's talk about him Zach Wilson is he back next year right now as we're speaking I would say he will be elsewhere next year barring some kind of miracle run here I believe the marriage has run its course it's been three turbulent years obviously not too many high points a lot of low points Wilson said last week that he has not discussed his future with the team I'm not so sure that's true I I know getting the sense from players in the locker room that they think that Wilson expects to be gone. Salah's been very noncommittal at, about this. Over the weekend, there was a report from the Deseret News. Now, they're located in Salt Lake City. That's Wilson's hometown newspaper. They reported that after the last benching, Wilson was told by Salah that they will trade him in the off season. Now, he was asked about that report on Monday, and Salah did not confirm or, or deny it which struck me as interesting. And someone asked him, could Wilson play his way into your 2024 plans? And Sala said, quote, anything is possible. Interesting. Usually you get that from a co- You get uh, like, he's under contract. Or, of course we want him back. That's the usual response from a head coach. Sala gives us anything is possible. That makes me believe that the Jets, in their mind, are probably going to move on. I do think the Jets will trade him. I do think they'll be able to get something for him. I do not believe they will pick up his fifth-year option, a decision that has to be made by early May. Uh, that seems like a fait accompli, in my opinion. Now, last year, for a quarterback, the fifth-year option was $23 million. It figures to go up a little bit. That is fully guaranteed. The Jets are not going to guarantee that much money for a quarterback who will be their backup, and if that it's just not happening. And again, early May on that decision, I spoke to a personnel source not from the Jets who thinks the Jets right now could get a max of a fifth round pick for Wilson. Obviously, that could go higher if he continues to play well, what we have here is a four game showcase over the final month of the season. Taking a quick look at the contract. He's got one year left. The cap number next year is 11.2 million. 5.5 is guaranteed salary and bonus. If they cut him outright before June first, there's no cap savings. They get an eleven point two million dollar dead charge. Um if the contract is if they trade the contract, as is, they save five point five million and they get hit with five point seven in dead charge. That's if a team is willing to pick up the guarantee. And that's pretty hefty. Five point five million for a number two quarterback. Uh pretty sizable number so the jets might have to eat some of that guarantee to make uh, to facilitate a trade the bottom line is the contract is movable but now here's the disclaimer i just want to say you know it might seem like he has one foot out the door but things can change quickly in the nfl if he plays well down the stretch it's going to give the jets something to think about because we're not talking just about a backup quarterback here we're talking about a guy who was the number pick in the two pick in the draft 3 years ago And a guy who, until the start of the year, was being called their heir apparent to Rodgers. So it's not just a run-of-the-mill backup here. Uh, And I will say this, Rodgers, I mean, Wilson, Wilson. let's get that straight, Wilson has strong allies in the building. The front office, you know, uh, Douglas, Hogan, they love him. And he's got an ally in Aaron Rodgers, which is an important ally. All these people, they know the potential is there with Zach Wilson, and there's a feeling that he could blossom elsewhere if he lands in the right situation. And, you know, really good offensive line, good supporting cast with the skilled players. That's the worst thing for a front office is to give up on a player and see him blossom somewhere else. That would be a crushing blow for the Jets. But I tell you what, on Sunday you saw some of that talent. Second half, he was 18 of 21 209 yards. That is more yardage than he's had in 19 of his 33 starts for the entire game. He was getting through his reads faster, made some off-platform throws. He had eight tight window throws and he completed four of them for 50%. The league average in week 14 on tight window throws was 29%. And a tight window is defined by NextGen as Less than one yard of separation between defender and receiver. So he did a little of everything. It was really good. What happened? Well, I think Nathaniel Hackett got more aggressive. Uh, So much of coaching a quarterback is coaching the mind, not just the X's and O's. And I don't think Hackett has done a great job with Wilson all year. He has him overthinking. He has him playing not to make mistakes instead of playing to make plays. But we saw a shift on Sunday. We especially saw it in the second half. They open up with 10 straight pass plays. Mind you, the game was still 0-0 at this point. I think schematically you saw them cut down on 11 personnel usage. That's three wide receivers. They only used it 41% of the time, the fewest since week two at Dallas. We saw more two tight end. We saw more two back with Nick Bawden out there at fullback. That seems to me like logical thinking because we all know the Jets are very thin at wide receiver. So why force feed 11 personnel 60 to 80% of the time when you can get a couple of good tight ends on the field? Ruckert had a good game. Conklin had a good game. Uh, So, yeah, I like the way they shifted their personnel usage. The grouping usage was a little bit different. They also used more motion. 42% of the snaps had some form of pre-snap motion. Zach Wilson plays better with motion. Check it out. They've used at least 40% of motion in four games this year. Kansas City, Denver, Giants, and Houston. They're 3-1 in those games, and the one loss was against Kansas City where Wilson had his second-best game of the year. Now, we all know Aaron Rodgers, not a fan of pre-snap motion. He likes the static look because it allows him to go up-tempo when he wants. Wilson, on the other hand, likes motion. It helps him identify coverage. Earth to Hackett. Keep using the motion. Tailor your scheme and game plans around the talents of your players. Now, this one great game does not mean Zach Wilson has turned the corner. After all, it took him 33 starts to play a game like this. However, it gives us something to watch and pay close attention to over the next four weeks. <laughs> Quick introduction on our guest this week. He played with the Jets from 1983 to 92. He is the second all-time leading passer, more than 24,000 yards in Jet history, second on the all-time touchdown pass list with 124, the second winningest quarterback in Jets history, number seven in the program. Of course, we're talking about Ken O'Brien. Ken Thank you so much for taking some time.
1: Hey, Rich, thanks for having me. It's uh, it's good to hear from you, and uh, it's always good uh, coming off of victory to talk.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you show up on Sunday, and the Jets play their best game of the year. So um, what was that like? I mean, you saw – of course, we're going to talk about the quarterback because that's what you do. Uh, what did you think of Zach Wilson's performance on Sunday?
1: You know, um, at the game, they had me running around quite a bit uh, – uh, doing a, a couple little things. So I didn't get to watch as much as I wanted, but I, I did, I did watch most of the second half. And that's when all the action really took place. I, I thought he looked, you know, completely different. He looked, he looked like he was just kind of, uh, reacting and letting things happen. And what he saw, he didn't, he wasn't thinking too much. And, uh, I think maybe before with the, with the changes they've had and the coaching and what he was exposed to in college and, uh, You know, it's a lot for a young guy, uh, especially coming out of BYU where their offense is is a bit different than what they're playing in the NFL. And uh, I think finally, for whatever reason, and maybe, you know, I mean, it's tough. It's tough for a young guy when you're getting a bunch of – everybody's coming down, crashing hard on you all of a sudden. And uh, even though you like to put it out of your mind, you, you know, you feel for your teammates and everyone thinking about it. You have to get to the point where, hey, this is who I am and this is what I do. And I'm going to go out and do it. I, I to me, it just seemed like that's that's where he was. like, okay, th- this is it. I'm just going to go out and play football. and uh, and he made all the plays. I mean, you know, on a bad weather day, too. So he was by far the best quarterback on the field. And um it was great to see. I'm real happy for him,
0: yeah. I know you, you obviously you live in Southern California, but I know you're a you know, you're a jet fan. You follow the team from afar. Why do you think? You know, for for two and a half years, he's had a lot of struggles. You know, it hasn't come that easily, and this was really the first game where he played lights out like that. Why do you think he's struggled so much over the first two and a half years?
1: You know, I I, I just, to me, when I, when I watched, and I watched quite a bit, uh, I think he's really, I think he's physically pretty talented. I think he moves real well on his feet. He's got a, a real nice arm and a quick release. I just think that, he wasn't confident in just from what I see and what do I know, but I'm I'm just from watching. I, I don't think he was as comfortable in the decision-making and, and maybe the whole thing, you know, he's a real, he seems to be, you know, young and as he matures, there's so much more to being a quarterback, uh, you know, being a leader and, and fitting in that role and, and putting too much pressure on yourself, uh, you know, getting drafted high and, and trying to be the guy that makes it all happen. And on top of that, you have to have uh, the surrounding parts, right? You know, the offensive line's got to be clicking, uh, the receivers, the and the coaching staff. And uh, I think while they offered him a bunch of support, it's, it just takes time for guys to mentally get there. And if he can, if he can just stay in the zone he's in now, which to me seems like, hey, enough's enough. I'm I can play football, and I'm just going to go out and do what I do and pay attention to nobody else. Just take care of my own business. I think that. You know, he's reached a, a a growing point in his own mind where uh, he keeps that up. He's going to get better and better. And uh, it, ha- it sure, certainly helps having Aaron Rodgers there. But um, you, no matter who's there, you, you have to figure it out for yourself and on your own terms. And, and to me, it was a moment of clarity
0: there's only been a few people in your shoes to come into the jets as a first round draft pick you know there there haven't been many of them at at quarterback in their history what's it like now of course you you ended up sitting for a couple of years you weren't thrown in there right away uh what's it like when you come in as a number one draft pick to the new york jets and just talk about the expectations the pressure and and how it is you know coming from a smaller school and coping with all that
1: well rich as you know it didn't bother me much. i'm not smart enough to let it bother me so uh it just got it it just kind of happened you know it was a great thing i was born in new york i have a a majority of all my family relatives are all in new york My my uncles on one side are all retired new york city police officers and uh, uh it was just exciting i've been a jet fan since i was a little kid so everything about it was it was exciting for me and then i had some really good guys Uh, on the team with Richard Todd and Pat Ryan. And, and we're still friends today. Uh, You know, I've been fortunate the last year to see him, see him a bit, and it's a ton of fun to connect. We had uh, Joe Walton, who was a really good offensive uh, coordinator at the time. And they had a coach named Mike Faulkner, who was basically there my first year just to watch me and make sure i was learning the offense make sure i was getting drills in practice make sure i was doing everything and uh and we clicked and and so that all those things coming together i you know i always knew i never even i never thought about i mean i i I could process pretty well and i can i always knew i could throw the ball where i wanted to throw it so uh, i just i was a claw i was a part to a a really good machine uh had a lot of guys around me and and i love the you know, I I think being a leader is something you just fall into in that case, and everybody got along so much, it was a pretty easy transition for me.
0: Wanted to just about Aaron Rodgers for a second. I think going back to Sunday, I think I may may have seen a picture of you. Did you guys get a chance to talk a little bit before the game on Sunday? We
1: didn't, you know. He was talking with somebody else. I we went out there with uh uh the great part for me was we I, I was able to you know this is how it is uh, Mike Pryor in the equipment room was with Bill Hampton and uh, and the Hampton boys for all those years. So he called down and uh, we made sure that I went over there. That was just awesome to to get together with him for a while. Then Drew uh, Hampton, Hamp uh, Hamp's uh, old son, was um works for the. Texans. So we went on the field and saw him and, and, uh, Woody Johnson was there t- talking to Drew and I, and it was just really nice. It was, uh, to me, that was the best part of the whole game, seeing those old guys and, uh, and talking to everybody. But, uh, as far as Aaron, Aaron's doing, I I've only been fortunate enough to meet him once or twice. And, uh, I really, you know, he's obviously a, a great football player. He always has been, and he, he's a bright guy. Um, I think that he's what he's doing with this rehab, and I don't know that it'll he'll play. That's you know, but just the fact that he's even in the that he's moving around after such a short period of time, it's it's really earth shattering in, me- in the medical world. I mean, they've you have an Achilles, you're out for a year, you're you're in pain, you're doing nothing, and it's just an amazing uh, recovery story. Whether he plays or not now, but uh, it certainly gives you hope for next year that he's back to 100 percent healthy.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny. You guys are from the same neck of the woods, as you know. I mean, he grew up in Chico, California. You went to high school in Carmichael, California, which is about a hundred miles away. He played at Cal Berkeley. You played at Cal Davis. So it's that Northern quarterback, Northern California quarterback thing that has produced some good ones in that territory.
1: Well, we're thanks for mentioning that. And, and, and we're lucky. Uh, you know, I was helping some quarterbacks out a few years ago and one of them was his younger brother when he was coming out of college. Uh, and so Aaron showed up one day to watch him, which was nice. I know his brother was was real fired up to, to have him out there. And we got a chance to talk just a little bit. Uh, and that was a few years ago. But uh, it was nice to see him supporting his brother. And uh, I've always – the Northern California ties run deep. So I've always been uh, rooting for him when he was at Green Bay. And it's a lot easier now that he's, he's uh, playing football for the Jets.
0: And the, one of the big stories in New York, and I'm sure you you sensed it when you were there—the Achilles injury, and he's trying to come back and play. Uh, speaking as I don't want to say as a fan, because you obviously know more than the average fan—you're you, you're a former player. But do you think he should play? Well,
1: I I, I always I kind of take. I always look at it like, what would I tell my, you know, uh, when I was coaching, uh, helping guys out or coaching people and people ask for any advice. Why? I don't know. They did. But if when they did, I would treat, try to treat everybody like I would. It was my son. And yeah, what would I tell my son? And this is what I want you to do. I think that uh, it would be an amazing story that he came. It's an amazing story. He's on the field jogging around and tossing the ball in my opinion but i think he's uh if if i'm in charge I, I think it's great that he wants to play and go there i i think that the uh those above him have to make the decision and Say, wait a second let's let let's put the brakes on this a little bit and uh let's make sure you're 100 healthy so uh i i think i think he has the right idea i want to get back and i want to play and i think somebody up above who makes the final decision better be sure to make the right one. I know what I, I would – I would. if it was up to me, um, no, though it's not popular and I'd love to have him play, uh, I would say, hey, let's, let's wait for better days when when we know you're 100% healthy and you can go out, you know, when you can go out and play.
0: In the clients, it's not – I mean, they're hanging by a thread in the playoff race. So, I mean, it's yes. not like it's not like they're, you know, 10 and 5 now or something like that and, you know, the play – I mean, the games are essential – you know, essentially, mathematically, it's like a, a million to one shot that they that they make well, the play. Yeah.
1: Well, first, that's the greatest thing. At least you're playing for games that count. When the season is over, it's, it's just different. I mean, yeah, you're going out and competing and you want to win, but every game is a playoff game now, starting last week when you won. And uh, if they get to the point where basically, I guess you have to win out at this point, and you have to have some things happen for you. But that means that what Zach uh, what Wilson did last weekend is he's getting better and better with it every week if you're winning, and uh, he could be able to do a good job till Aaron gets back for sure if that's the case. And I think he's going to, I think they're gonna, you know, always play Miami tough. Um, you know, my wife and I, and a, it was a bunch of the Jets staff was up there after the game, and uh, you know, the good luck charm, so they were threatening to bring us to Miami to bring more good luck to them. Of course, my wife was all on board with that. Let's get to Miami, we'll go home and you know wash our clothes, we'll get back on the plane. But uh, I'm looking forward to one game at a time, and it's exciting to to be in the playoff hunt, um, to see Zach Wilson getting better and better in an important time of the year is, that's big news. And uh, do I wish Aaron Rodgers was playing? Sure. I don't think that the situation would be anywhere near where it is now, but he's not. So let's do what's best for him and make sure he's healthy uh, down
0: the road. In Miami, Ken, I, I wouldn't be an interview with ken o'brien if i didn't ask you about the miami game in 90 uh, 86 uh there have been so many great jet miami games over the year but that one i mean 479 yards four passing touchdowns all to wesley walker i believe uh 30 uh 51 45 in overtime do you think when you look back you had so many great games is that is that the most special is that do you think the best game you've ever played
1: I think, uh, you know, I think we just for some reason when we played Miami, Joe used to open it up, you know, quite a bit. And uh, probably because they had Dan and uh, and they were throwing the ball to the the uh, Marks brothers all the time. Right. And uh, he just kind of let us come out of that. You know, we threw the ball a lot more. Always. We had always had big games against Miami. And uh, it was awesome. Last weekend, Wesley was up in the I saw him up the whole first half, and you can't stop laughing. He's one of the greatest guys in the world. He was a great receiver, and he's one of those guys that uh, no matter what you do, he could catch the ball. He had another gear when when he was on the football field, and when the ball was in the air, he could take off and and go get it. And uh, he didn't get enough acclaim for how good he was. But, boy, it, it's a lot of fun, and and I think that, you know, it's always something with Miami, right? New York and Miami and the people, transplants and everything going on there. Uh, it's always nice to play them and it's even better to beat them.
0: Oh, you guys were in the zone that day. Huh? Nobody could cover Wesley and, and you were delivering some strikes there. That was, uh, you, you're throwing the ball like nobody's business that day. That was an amazing, uh, you keep in touch with a lot of former guys, Ken, I know you're out on the, on the, on the West coast. You get a chance to you know bump what? into guys. I, I,
1: you know, I do. I, I try to uh I'm still looking for and I'm upset that uh, I've been tracking Freeman for a long time. He was my old we we're all roommates and I can't even get a hold of him. Uh <laughs> but I will. But I talked to Bill Pakel, Pat Ryan, Rocky Claver, uh gosh, uh, Richard Todd, we've been able to catch up with. Of course, I see Buttle and uh and Wesley and Altoon and uh Johnny Hector and John Booty. So they're guys that you know you lob a call to once in a while. You don't talk to them every day, unfortunately, but uh it's sure fun when you do it's, it's, you know, you build up sports, builds up a camaraderie that, uh, you really can't replicate anywhere else. And I think that's what, that's the joy of it. That's, that's what drew me to it. And it also is, I think, the a lesson why it's hard for players to acclimate after they're done, because it's hard to find that same passion, uh, for something you like to do and to be around the people you're around every day. That that's compelling. And, uh, it, it's it's really great to do and it's great to come back and watch the jets and it brings back some of that all the time so i was really lucky you know uh, uh it, you reminded me of a story uh earlier when uh and i don't want to bore you but uh, oh, no, go, when go. joe when when cleck uh when joe uh well deservedly got in the hall of fame way too late for me but he got in so i'm not saying anything uh he asked a couple guys to come back and we did we flew i i it was tough. I flew in the night before, and then I flew out right afterward. Uh, but when he was up on stage and he t- he was giving his speech, and he, I guess, uh, uh, Danny was there, Marino was there somewhere, and he was giving his speech, and he he was mentioning that uh, I was out in the audience or something like that or whatever. And and, and the greatest game was when you know he kicked Marino's ass basically, uh, and, and he re- ribs that game and he got done. He said, Marino, yelled, "Hey, Joe, you guys got lucky." and Joe said, "You know, my response was, and uh, this is a this is probably a uh, a PG show, so I won't be what it was." But jo- uh, Joe. Quickly put him in his place, and that was the end of the conversation. At that point, so uh, Joe's never, never really uh, liked that part of the game, or and bringing on the Dolphins. So it was, it was, made me laugh and made me smile the whole time. And the best part of that whole weekend being down there was seeing his kids, his boys, Michael and Danny, and his other kids. They were so happy and proud for their dad, uh, as was I. But they were beaming ear to ear, and it was just great to see that, that uh, Joe got the recognition he deserved and, and handled it with class. And, and, uh, I saw Woody and Chris Johnson were there in support. So it was really, it was really a nice, uh, nice affair. I was glad to be a part of it. And, uh, I was really glad that, uh, Joe was able to rip on the Dolphins and Reno for a few minutes too.
0: Yeah, it was a great part of his speech. And I got to see you. You were, of course, you were at Joe's uh, after party in Canton that night. And I got to bump into you. And I, you, Pat Ryan was there and so many of your former teammates. Uh, I think there were like a dozen or 15 ex-Jets there. And, and just watching you guys like hang out with each other, it just it was like you didn't skip a beat. You know, it was almost like it was 1986 all over again. And you guys were back in the locker yeah. room and just, you just look a little older and a little grayer, some guys, but.
1: oh, pretty- uh, Well, you know what? Uh, you know, you're exactly right though. You know, that's what it's all about. And, uh, I'm just lucky. I'm much younger than those guys. So, uh, I had to exactly. take care of them and, you know, help, you know, help them get around and get in and out of the car and, and, and whatnot. <laughs> but it, it was, it was a lot of fun. We, uh, we really had a good time, and uh, you know, you're when you're you leave. We were back at the we all stayed together and telling stories, and uh, it never changes. But uh, it just shows you what what a special time of everybody's life it was, and uh, and those relationships are going to be there forever, no matter you know, you, win, lose or draw on any given day. There's so many things that go into it because you're you're working together trying to achieve something that uh, it's it's
0: not being you, know, you can't replicate that in the real business world well th- this was special thank you so much ken i mean it was great reminiscing a little bit and, and talking about zach wilson and aaron Rodgers. and uh you know like you said maybe 2024 aaron Rodgers comes back healthy and a new start for the jets get another couple of players around him you know that maybe maybe a bright future ahead for the jets
1: Rich, I'm looking forward to it, and I appreciate it. it's great talking to you. And let's hope that uh, this run keeps going, and a million to one comes through. Let's let's win one at a time. And uh, if if they do, you want to talk? Give me a call anytime. I look forward to it. But uh, go Jets, and uh, have a great Christmas, everybody.
0: Mailbag time. Reaching into the mailbag for some uh, some really good questions this week, and we start with at. N-C-D-O-N-R. Rich, can you assess the 2024 players with high cap figures that could get cut and adding in any surprise cuts and how much that will positively impact the 24 salary cap to spend on linemen, receivers, and other needs? Well, I'm glad you asked. We can discuss that. They got a Right now, they project to have about $17 million in cap room for next year, which is not nearly enough to do uh, what they want to do. So they're going to have to make some cuts. Uh, Let's look at some of the big numbers here. C.J. Mosley, 21.5 million. That is not guaranteed. Uh, That number is too high. I think they want to keep him. They're going to have to renegotiate somehow. Lake and Tomlinson, uh, 18.9 million. No no guarantees. Uh, That is a very high number. I would not be shocked if Lake and Tomlinson gets cut. Uh, We talked about Zach Wilson already. Let's go to a different number. Uh, we have C.J. Ozama, 11.2 million, none of it guaranteed. I believe he will be released. They would save 5.3 million. Interesting one here. John Franklin Myers 16.4 million. That is a too high a number for him. Uh, they're going to have to do something there. Either cut him or renegotiate. They can save 7.3 million by cutting him. Alan, <coughs> Alan Lazard obviously a disappointing year this year. 12.2 on next year's cap. They cannot cut him. If they cut him, they actually lose $6.6 6 million. Uh, it's prohibitive to cut him. He's got a lot of guaranteed money for next year, so he will be back probably in some sort of backup role. And so uh, we have other players like uh, DJ Reed, fifteen point seven. None of it guaranteed. If I were them, I would renegotiate. I would extend his contract. He's played well for two years. He deserves an extension. They should do that and lower his cap number. And so those are some of the key guys that they have to make decisions on. Next question comes from at rule of law guy. Sala deserves a lot of blame for Zach Wilson's rocky first three years. Sala is very risk averse, doesn't like to blitz on deep, and he's afraid his quarterback will throw a lot of interceptions unless he's playing boring ball. Sala plays not to lose. It's time for Sala to go. Yay or nay? I say nay. Nay. I think Salah has been dealing with a bad hand with all the injuries this year. I still think they'll end up winning six or seven games, which, all things considered, is not terrible. Now, I do agree with some of what you said. Salah is risk averse. He's a defensive-minded coach. That's what defensive-minded coaches think like. They don't see the game through the quarterback's eyes. I think that's a disadvantage Anytime a team hires a defensive guy to be their head coach. Um, the blitzing on D uh, to me is a is, uh, gratuitous shot because the Jets' D is just fine. Whether they blitz or not, and they don't usually, their defense is fine. But you're right, they are risk averse on offense, and I think that is a reflection of the head coach's philosophy. At Greg Romano 9, uh, will Jeff Olbrook get head coach consideration? Well, Greg, I think there's going to be five to 10 openings around the league, head coaching openings. Uh, and I think Ulbrick has some really good qualifications. He's been a coordinator on two different teams. He's obviously been in charge of a defense the last two years that has ranked among the league's best. He's well-liked by his players. He's very good in front of the camera with the media. He's an upbeat guy. I think he'll interview well. The negatives are that uh, he's a—we just talked about it with the other question. He's a defensive-minded coach. I think teams are looking more for offensive guys now. And he's also been on mostly losing teams, obviously, three years with the Jets. Overall, in his his NFL coaching career, which goes back to 2010, he's been on only two winning seasons, both with Atlanta, one year, of course, resulting in a Super Bowl trip that year they lost to New England. So he has not been around a lot of winning, but I do think he's worthy of getting a head coaching interview for sure. Uh, He's really a, a rising coach, in my opinion. At Crevo Rich, Uh, Rich, a nice analysis last week on the pregame stuff with Jets Houston. He mentions that Singletary did find some running room this week, and he feels like the front four isn't as good against the run as of late. Can you speak to this? Well, Rich, uh, thank you for the compliment. You know, I'm going to disagree with the perception that the Jets' run defense is not good. Now, yes, they are 28th. In rushing yards per game. I think it's a little lazy to look at that and draw a conclusion. They are 12th in yards per carry, which is more indicative of the defense, and they are eighth in success rate while defending the run. The reason why they've given up so many rushing yards, teams are rushing a lot against them. They've been rushed on 418 times. That's a league high. We know why that's happening. It's because the Jets get off to bad starts. They're playing from behind and so teams know they're not going to score a lot of points, meaning the Jets so they run the ball in the second half. They don't take chances, they run the ball, milk the clock and sit on their lead. So I don't think the rush defense is as nearly as bad as people are making it out to be. Next one from at We Travel 16. Can we keep Hackett in the OC role but remove the play calling similar to how Green Bay used him? Could that be a middle ground? You know, uh, we it's an interesting thought, but I don't see that as workable. Now, you're right. He was the coordinator in Green Bay, not calling plays, but they had an offensive-minded head coach in Matt LaFleur who called the plays. Obviously, if Robert Sala is back next year, and I expect him to be, that they won't have an offensive-minded head coach. You'd have to bring in a new play caller and it would be extremely difficult to find a situation where they would all complement each other well. uh, It could get really awkward with Hackett in the room, him being so close to Rodgers, but yet having an outside person come in to call plays. To me, that is just a recipe for disaster. You either got to live with Hackett or cut bait and bring someone else in. You cannot have a middle ground. That's just my opinion. I don't think it would be workable to do otherwise. We're flying to South Florida this weekend. We got Jets and Dolphins at Hard Rock Stadium, 1 p.m. on Sunday. Uh, Seems like the Jets just played the Dolphins, and they did. A Black Friday game that obviously did not go well for the Jets. We will never forget the foul Mary play. But this is an interesting game on Sunday. The Dolphins are reeling. They're coming off just a devastating loss on Monday night. They gave it away against the Tennessee Titans. Just gave it away at the end. It was a sloppy game for Miami. They were just not crisp. they got some injury issues. Tyreek Hill injured his ankle. He did finish the game, but he was said to be in a lot of discomfort. So that bears watching this week. The Miami offensive line in rough shape, much like the Jets' offensive line. Austin Jackson is the lone man standing from the Dolphins' week one starting lineup just like with the Jets, Lakin Tomlinson, the only man standing from the original offensive line in the same spot. So I think the Jets' pass rush, which has been, in my opinion, the most improved area over the last couple of months, I think they're going to put some pressure on Miami's offense. I think they're going to keep this game close. I think the Jets are feeling good about themselves after a very, very powerful, you know, dominating win over Houston. However, In games like this, you know, you tend to lean toward the team that needs it more, and Miami needs this for playoff positioning, so I I think this is going to go down to the wire. I think this is going to be one of those close games that the Jets just lose at the end. I'm saying 2016 Miami, and I think the Jets are going to walk away proud of their effort, but just I just think the Dolphins are going to be able to eke out a win here on Sunday at Hard Rock, and uh, that would be probably, I don't know if it'll mathematically eliminate the Jets, but it would put them certainly on the brink. They've been on the brink for a couple of weeks. they will be even more on the brink. But uh, yeah, this is going to be an interesting game, and I'm going to go with Miami in a nail-biter. I want to thank our guest this week, Ken O'Brien, the former Jets quarterback. Really, really good time catching up with Kenny O. Such good good stories from his past, and uh, really one of the nice guys ever that the Jets have had. And of course, our producer, Jeff Scopin, put this all together and we'll talk to you next week on Flight Deck.